This is episode number 229 with Chrissy Helmer. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. For those of you that have not heard of Himalaya, it's an epic brand new podcast app, which has so many awesome and unique features no other podcast app has, like episode and channel playlists. It's free, so easy to find new shows, and is really user-friendly. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? This episode is brought to you by Blooms the Chemist. Now, did you know that 1.7 million Australians have diabetes and over half a million Australians have undiagnosed type 2 diabetes? Now, I believe it's so important to keep on top of your health and to have the data. So your local Blooms The Chemist is offering a blood glucose screening service. It's free, quick, and you'll have the results in 60 seconds. Having this data is so valuable to anyone newly diagnosed with diabetes or those at risk of developing type 2 diabetes. To get the tests, all you need to do is head to your closest Blooms The Chemist. The pharmacist will do a quick finger prick test and discuss your results with you. You'll also get a copy of the results and supporting information for you to take to your holistic health practitioner. How easy is that? Chrissy is a wife and mother of three. As an owner of a wellness boutique, health educator, podcast host, communicator, and champion of others' dreams, Chrissy brings passion, activation, authenticity, and transparency to everything she does. As a voice of motivation, truth, and inspiration, she is able to take people from dreaming to doing. Chrissy is real, relevant, approachable, and lives what she writes and speaks about. That's for sure. And in today's episode, we chat about her story from being a born leader to where she is today. We also chat about her son's vaccine injury, what is healing through wisdom, the best place to start on your own healing journey, why you need to go chemical free in all areas of your life, how to protect yourself from EMF radiation, how to find out if you have an EMF sensitivity, why you need to turn your smart meter off immediately, what to do to protect yourself from 5G radiation, the power of your mindset, what is the 5am club, the things she's working on within herself at the moment, her epic daily routine to help her thrive. You guys are going to love this. 
what is a prayer walk, the power of spontaneity, the power of human connection and touch, how to bring back the pop-in, plus so much more. Chrissy is so down to earth. You guys are going to love this episode so much. I devoured her book in four days. I could not put it down. Not only is the cover so beautiful, but she's so honest and raw and real. And she speaks on very controversial topics. She doesn't hold back. She just shares. And I loved that about her. And for everything that Chrissy and I mentioned in today's episode, you guys can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 229. But before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it's a five-star review from Ollie Peach, and it's titled, The Encouragement That Saved My Life. And Ollie says, Listening to Melissa's podcast and delving into her books has changed my life from just surviving to living. So many of us just follow the patterns of life without truly stepping into our truth and then truly living. Even with three small children and all the pressures that come with that, I'm finding myself and it's all because I've become more intuitive, stopped people pleasing, and then she's got in brackets, still need to work on that, and owning any insecurities or negative conditioning all through listening, reading, and following helpful little prompts along the way. Thank you, Melissa, for making me want to create my own path, despite what society may expect from me, and as a result, being the best version of myself and the best version of a mother. Forever thankful for tuning in. Oh, Ollie, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for that gorgeous review. I think that's one of my favorite reviews ever. So thank you so much. I'm so proud of you and so glad that it's all been super supportive. You're amazing. Thank you so much for leaving that review and taking the time to do that. I'm so grateful. And don't forget that if you want to be the review of the week for next week, all you have to do is head on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review right now. And yours could be the one that I pick for next week. Who knows? Maybe. And now, without further ado, let's bring on the beautiful Chrissy Helmer. Chrissy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited for our conversation today. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast this morning? I had some raw kefir, some organic wild blueberries with some raw honey and an optimized coffee. <laughs> Yum. How good are wild blueberries? Just saying. Uh, they're just the best, really, <laughs> especially when they're frozen. Yeah, I put them in my smoothie every morning. I just love them so much. Same. So... I devoured your book in four days because I literally couldn't put it down. You totally speak my language and it's jam-packed full of goodness and so many helpful tips and tricks. And I loved how brutally honest and brave you were talking about (laughs) some very quote-unquote controversial topics like 
chemtrails and EMFs <laughs> yeah. and 5G and big pharma and vaccinations and all of these things. Like you went there, like you didn't hold back. But before we chat about those things, I want to hear about your story and how you got to where you are today doing the work that you now do. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm so honored that you would, you know, read my book in that amount of time because I know it's a lot and, you know, it's a lot to take in and that's very impressive. And I just so appreciate that you read it. I appreciate that I'm here with you right now and I can't wait to dive into those things. I would say, for me, how am I here today? I have always been what I would say is an advocate, right? Like I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which is a challenger, you know, somebody bold, somebody that's in leadership. And so even at a young age, I was the, you know, you play pretend with your friends, like I'm the president, I'm the teacher, like I always needed to be in charge. And I would say as a kid, obviously that's really unrefined, right? Because it's more ego, than anything. But through time, if you are developed as a person, then you can extract the beauty of those type of gifts and use them for good around you. And so I've always, no matter what I've been doing, wanted to help, wanted to lead, wanted to speak truth, no matter what it costs me. And it's like, I was just born with no fear of that. Like, even public speaking like energizes me. Like I've never been afraid to speak. And people say like, you're not scared or aren't you afraid with your book or aren't, what about this? I don't know. I guess it's just not on my radar, which I'm grateful for. I think it's in part how I was raised, how I was created, what I'm here on this earth for. But you know, I always growing up thought I want to be, you know, a doctor and a teacher, which, you know, I didn't know it would be in holistic health and in empowerment, but it's still within that, that realm. Now I'm kind of a rare case because I actually got married at the age of 19 and had my first child at 20. So I've always been like an old soul, like, and all of that was planned. Like I've been with my husband, we've been married 18 years now. And I started dating him when I was almost 17. And when I was 17, I thought I was 20. When I was 20, I thought I was 25. Going back, I probably should have enjoyed my youth <laughs> a little more, but my journey started there because my son, when I had him at 20, as you read in the book, you know, he had health complications, he had a vaccine injury. And so from that moment on, this became my world. Wow. Okay. So let's just touch on that. Can you just talk a little bit about that injury that you were talking about? Sure. Yeah. So like everybody else, even though I would say I was like 50%, you know, crunchy, organic, even back then, I mean, this is pre-phones, pre-YouTube, pre-iPhones. This makes me sound really old. I'm still in my 30s. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was the time you had to go to the library and find things out. Now, as much as I was like, oh, I'm natural. Like, I'm going to use natural cleaners. Oh, I'm, you know, I've never been a girl to be like, all the things, a very simple type of person, but I still, you know, drink Coke and ate Doritos and I didn't know better, but I did have a doula for my first birth. So I had some sense of awareness. I wanted a natural birth. I wanted to do things natural. And when you're pregnant, I think that's the gateway for a lot of people because I've worked in birth for 15 years and almost every one of my clients goes, okay, now that I'm pregnant, I'm going to get healthy. Now that I'm having kids, I need to change everything. And so that's kind of what happened with me too. I started checking labels. I started investigating. I got a doula. 
But I will be really honest. I did not research vaccines or allergies or check my family history to see if there could be potential issues. I just trusted what doctors told me. I just trusted what you were supposed to do because I didn't know better. And so, you know, with my son, he ended up having like little, when he was first vaccinated, what is most happens to most babies, you know, the fever, the uncontrollable crying for three days. He got really sick. And, you know, I would bring him in and he, they would say, oh, you know, he just caught a virus. And I'm thinking, I'm breastfeeding exclusively. Nobody is sick. I don't even understand. Like, this doesn't make sense because he didn't have a cold and he didn't have a cough. Actually, at times he did. He got pneumonia even as a baby, which didn't make sense. Again, he was born in July where we live in California, where it's gorgeous and sunny and 100 degrees out. So there just started being all these little things. His eyes began to cross. He wasn't making as normal of eye contact as he was. And then these things just started to pile up. And when he was six weeks old, after his it, he had gotten some vaccinations, he just was not the same. And I could tell he was breathing differently. He was having like this, if you would go to get him, like almost like a, a seizure. I wouldn't say it was a full-blown seizure, but I just knew something was wrong. I couldn't get him to make eye contact. And so I brought him into the hospital and they just took him away from me and said, your son is on the borderline of, of dying. He doesn't have enough oxygen. Oh. We don't know if he's going to make it. We have to rush him to a children's center right now. This must have been so scary for you. Extremely. I was alone. I didn't bring anybody with me to the appointment. I'm 20 years old. And at that time, my husband was working over an hour away. And again, no cell phones, right? So I couldn't just send out a text or do any of that. <laughs> so it was very scary for sure. I thought, I don't know if my son is going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. And so, you know, when you poke a mama bear, that's not something you want to mess with. And I was going to get to the bottom of what happened to my son at all costs. And then what happened? Well, he was hospitalized and they could not find out what happened to him, which is obviously because unfortunately in our medical system, they're never going to say anything is a vaccine. That's just not what they're going to do because there's no liability for that. And it's just a big nightmare. So this happens all the time to people and they'll either say your baby died of SIDS or your baby, you know, they'll, they'll list a hundred other things, but not, not vaccines. So you know, we just went through the motions, test after test after test. He was on oxygen. I mean, they stuck every tube in every place possible, poked every place possible, you know, sleeping in a hospital bed with him for over a week, seeing him tied up to machines. Uh, it was it was horrible and still no answers, no answers. Just, you know, seems like he's getting better. None of these tests came back positive. And so thankfully, through some research and through some divine guidance and intervention, at this time, Jenny McCarthy had been coming out talking about, you know, vaccines have chemicals, vaccines have allergens, vaccines have these other things in them. And so I just started doing research. I just was like, oh my gosh, is this true? And I wouldn't say that I came to the conclusion that day or even within three months. 
It was like, let me go check this book out at the library. Let me go talk to this person. Let me ask these questions. And stupid me, at the time, I was asking doctors, you know, did this happen because of vaccines? And I don't want to vaccinate him till I find out. Can you give me an ingredient list? And I was just, oh, no, that's absurd. That's no, that doesn't even happen. So I was just completely ignored. So I had to just figure it out for myself. Wow. Okay. So is that what then kind of put you on your holistic healing through wisdom journey? And my other question is, how did your healing journey with your son then unfold? You know, because I'm sure you would have had to do a lot of healing with him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he had a speech delay They told us he wasn't going to even be able to go to kindergarten. You know, I had to take him to all kinds of therapies because he was showing signs of possible autism. He was showing signs of delays, you know. So, yeah, we had to walk through all of that and try to figure out the best thing for him. But once I became educated, you know, I switched everything to organic and I started getting, you know, some herbs that could help take metals out of the body. I started, you know, just one thing at a time to try to help anything. And he had some undiagnosed. He saw specialist after specialist. He had to go to heart doctors. I mean, it was just the the craziest time of all these, we don't know what's wrong with him things. We don't know where this is coming from. But once I began to give him herbs and switch some things over and delay vaccinations, like I was like, okay, I don't feel comfortable giving him these vaccines at this time. I want to wait. I want to do my research. You know, then we started to see some progress with him. But if I'm being honest, you know, he's 17 now. And I'm going to say, you know, he's brilliant, almost a 4.0 student, a stellar athlete, about to play D1 football. I'm so thankful and grateful that he is healthy and smart. But, you know, there's still things, obviously, foods and all of that, that he still has, you know, triggers or flare-ups or different things due to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. Uh, Well, I'm so glad that he's thriving now. That's the best news. So what else did you discover? Like what wisdom did you discover? Because you have a very holistic approach, which I love. It's not just about the food you eat or the products you use. Like everything that you do is very holistic. You look at everything. So how did you kind of discover all of this? And what does healing through wisdom mean and look like for you? Yeah, I would say that, you know, everybody goes down, not everybody, but people that are open to that and awakened, you go down the rabbit hole one way or another. Someone's rabbit hole might be autoimmune. Someone's rabbit hole might be anxiety. Someone's rabbit hole might be trying to get off narcotics, you know, someone's rabbit hole might be vaccines. We all have the way that we need to get there or the people that are going to help us. And that just happened to be my rabbit hole. But I realized everything was connected. I realized that the corruption was all one big spider web between the food, between the FDA, between the government, between the medications, between the cleaning products. And I just began to piece it together over time and realize, oh my gosh, like you can't disconnect mind, body, spirit, emotions. You can't disconnect, you know, the things you're putting on your body and in your body. You can't disconnect. I don't care if you go to yoga every day and meditate all day, but then you're eating 
unconscious, no frequency foods and, you know, using all these chemical products, like it really all has to go together for your greatest awakening and self. And I know that that's a journey. I mean, I've been on this journey now 17 years. And so it takes, I would say, I still learn something new every year. Mm. Every year there's a new discovery. I've never like, oh, I know it all. And that's that. But for me, you know, healing through wisdom is about, we need to be open to wisdom, to truth. We need to be open to knowing that we have power in our choices. You know, as much as I believe in prayer, as much as I believe in faith, you still have to walk that out. You still have to choose when you're at the grocery store something different. You still have to choose your practices and, and your thoughts. You still have to choose to do the deep emotional work. And you have to choose to meal plan and take the supplements. And so, you know, for me, it's not just looking for blame, looking for, oh, this is why, or, oh, let me just touch this one area of my life, but ignore the rest. Healing through wisdom is really about letting the light in every area, every area, the deepest places, the darkest places, and, and every part of your everyday life. Mm. So for people listening, what are some of the lowest hanging fruits that they can start to work on now? I would say the first thing, because I think once we start to work on our emotions, our traumas, our mindsets, you know, all of that, it tends to help us become more aware and connected to what we're choosing with food and with our decisions and with our products. Now I've seen it happen the opposite. People begin to eat healthy and then that begins to open up their emotions and open up their spirit and open up their mindset, right? Because they're becoming more clear because they're not bogged down by so many chemicals. So I think that the easiest, lowest hanging fruit is really eating organic and getting rid of chemicals so that your emotions and your spirit and your, your mind can begin to be more open. I absolutely agree. You know, we cannot turn a blind eye to the fact that they are spraying a majority of the food that is sold in supermarkets with herbicides, pesticides. You know, we just can't pretend that that's mm -hmm. not happening anymore. And I just, it blows my mind that people are still. Mm -hmm. ignorant to it or there's they just right. oh it doesn't matter oh it, you know a little bit won't hurt but it's like just a little bit of toxic chemicals would you like a little bit of pesticides on top of your salad <laughs> yeah. like it's like yeah you know what I mean like just a side of mm -hmm. herbicide you know it's like this is your temple this is your body and when it is clear and mm -hmm. high vibrational, then you show up in the world as the best version of yourself. But if you are at, if you are literally mm -hmm. eating chemicals, just because you can't see them on your apple mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're not there. And I just want to really encourage everybody to start going chemical free, ideally organic, mm -hmm. pesticide, chemical free. And the best, one of the best places to do that is by shopping at your local organic farmer's mm -hmm. market. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being connected to your food is a big deal. I'm so blessed that we have so many great organic farms near us. You know, I think that as much as yes, there's this corporate chemical, I won't even call it food. Half of what's out there isn't even food. You know, my, my teenagers, when they try to argue with me about this, like, oh, you know, this is Cheetos. Everybody eats this. I said, tell me one ingredient of that that is food. Nothing in that is food. That's not living. That's not nutrients. It's not fuel. Like that is chemicals. And so it's really about starting to change our mind about what is actually food. What actually is nutrients and fuel. And I think it just goes so much deeper because I think if we can just be fat, sick, and tired, like I talk about in my book, then that means we're not operating in our greatness. We're not operating at a conscious level. We're not bringing the world the gift that we were made for because we're so caught up and self-absorbed in our sickness and our tired and our a food addiction or whatever it is. And so it's so much bigger than food. It's about who you really are and what do you bring to this earth that we want to see that manifest. And people are just self-sabotaging under the name of food when really half of it is just chemicals. It's not even food. It's cancer. It's chemicals. It's autoimmune. It's toxic. There's no way to dance around it. It is toxic. Yeah, it's not good for us at all. And you spoke a lot about going chemical free in our home too, which I talk a lot about. I feel like I bang on and on about this all the time. You know, making sure your home is as toxic free as you possibly can with cleaning products and beauty products. But what about EMF? Because you Mm -hmm. speak a lot about this in your Mm -hmm. book and you speak about 5G. So, and we've had, you know, Mm -hmm. Jack Cruz and some experts on the show. And you share a lot of your little tips and tricks on how you limit the EMF exposure. But can you share with us some of those now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think, again, that's a silent enemy. In the book, I have a whole chapter on silent enemies because, yes, there's some things we blatantly know that are harming us, but then there's some that are silent, whether that's chemtrails or 5G or EMFs. So some of the things that we do to protect ourselves from EMFs is, number one, you know, we only have one Wi-Fi box and we keep it out of bedrooms, out of anywhere near like the facilities that we're going to be in. And we also use a timer so that the Wi-Fi shuts off at certain times. So that's a really good one. The other one we do, we have salt lamps all throughout the house. And then we have EMF shielding protection, whether that's on the iPads, the phones, the laptops, we use Defender Shield. And so, you know, putting those things on our devices, anything that is not in use, like we don't leave things in Bluetooth. A lot of people think it's just the Wi-Fi, but Bluetooth and Wi-Fi together are just horrific with the EMFs. And so we make sure there's no Bluetooth connected unless we actually need to use it. The same with devices. If they're not in use, they're going on airplane mode. And a lot of people forget to turn off the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi when they switch it to airplane mode. So that would be another thing that you can do. And 
I would say making sure to obviously taking things that help your body to chelate, whether that's Corella, spirulina, charcoal, you know, giving yourself things to help combat that. If you have an EMF sensitivity like I do, I have to wash my hands in cold water after touching electronics for a certain period of time. Getting outdoors is a really big one. So getting the sun, you know, getting out in nature, but in the home, just trying to protect as much as possible, making sure at night everybody's devices go into airplane mode and that Wi-Fi box is going to be shut off. Yeah. And these are all really simple things that everyone can do. And if you're not already doing them, please, please, please do them. We actually don't have Wi-Fi in our home. So we are we are cabled in. Nice. And sometimes I'll have to turn the Wi-Fi on if I need to back up to the time machine. Yeah. You know, and that's like very random. But we don't have Wi-Fi in our house. One other one I forgot to, and I don't know how it is where you're at, but in America, we have these smart meters on homes and here you can have them taken off. So they're very high in EMF and they're on the outside of your house. And so we just, if you have that, just ask for it to be taken off. Yes, I've had Libby Darnell, who's come on the podcast, and she's spoken a lot about smart meters. Actually, there's probably been about 10 guests that have spoken about smart meters. So if you don't know what they are and you are renting a house, please, or even if you own the house, Mm -hmm. you know, check if you have a smart meter and then get it turned off. And you are actually allowed to do that. So like Chrissy said, they emit so much radiation. So please do that. But how does someone know if they have a Wi-Fi or EMF sensitivity? Yeah, so there's a couple things. Number one, EMF sensitivity most affects women more than men because of all of the different hormones. We know men have hormones, but obviously we have a lot more going on with our hormones. And so we know that women are more susceptible to EMF. So that's number one. Number two, there is a cellular blood test that you can take through Dr. Helu. I have that link on my site and in my book. And he tests cellularly for EMF. EMF sensitivity. And so that's going to be the best way. Also, if you work with an EMF specialist, typically they do like frequency testing and you can do muscle testing. So that would be another thing. If you work with a naturopath or holistic doctor, they can muscle test you for an EMF sensitivity. So those would be the two best ways. Okay, awesome. And let's talk about 5G because right now there are some petitions going around Mm -hmm. Australia and there's a link in my Instagram bio for everyone to sign this. So please go there if you haven't signed it. This is to stop the rollout of Mm -hmm. 5G in Australia. Even though it's already started rolling out, we want to try and stop anymore. And I want to know what are you doing to protect yourself with 5G? What are your thoughts on it? And have they started to roll it out in your area? Yeah, so they definitely are beginning to roll it out. The one that upsets me the most is that they are preying on schools because schools don't have enough money ever. And so these cell companies are going to schools and saying, hey, let us put a tower on your football field. Let us put a tower on your campus. You'll have the fastest internet and we're going to pay you monthly to put this tower here. So I just feel that that is such an injustice on children, teenagers. These are young developing brains and we know that it affects them 10 times more than a developed brain. And so 
The first one for me as a mother is talking to school districts, talking to schools individually, sending them links about 5G. There's a really fantastic book called Screen Schooled and Radiation Nation. I've even gifted that to administrators, getting that to the people that decide and vote about these things. If there's a school board and just really begging them, hey, this is, you know, really dangerous for our children. We're seeing their test scores go down. We're seeing, you know, ADD increase because of all the EMFs. And so I think really having those conversations with the schools and asking schools to not accept them. The next thing is we're going to city meetings and saying the same thing, asking cities to deny the permits, asking cities to do more research before we say yes. We also have a local petition We have letters, emails to our cities. Some of it is private property. And so trying to talk to those business owners, again, please don't put this tower, you know, on your property. But according to what our city has told us and our county has told us is that this is FCC regulated, which means it's nationwide, which is so disturbing because the people that are like, high up in these cell phone companies are on the advisory board of the FCC. There's such a conflict of interest and they have not done any safety testing. So I would say going to schools, going to businesses, going to your city, going to your county, signing petitions. And if you are within a thousand feet, 2000 feet of a tower, especially 5G, I would personally move. I would not live near a tower. That's just me. Yes. Wow. Have you seen any go up near your area? I think that I have, but you know, I contacted my city and sent them a picture and they said that our city does not currently have the fiber optics yet for 5G, but they're just preparing for it. Mm. I don't know if that is the truth or not, (laughs) but we don't, nobody in our city so far has 5G. Like none of the phones say 5G, none of the devices say 5G. So we're hoping that we're going to be able to you know, push it back. But according to the city, they said that they have no control over that because it is nationally regulated. Whoa. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, there's so many videos online. I don't know if you've seen the one where there's a tree and on the left-hand side of the tree is one of the towers and literally half of the tree has completely died and the other half hadn't died. Have you seen that video? I've definitely seen a lot of pictures with nature and the effects of even even 4G. It's not just 5G, but even 4G, the radiation uh, affecting things in nature. And it's it's really scary because this is radiation we're talking about. I mean, there's a reason they don't want you to get x-rays or MRIs if you don't have to. There's a reason you have to cover your body up and remove yourself from the room when they do an x-ray even on your teeth. Yes. Yeah. It's so dangerous and it's such a risk to our health, especially for people that might be more susceptible, immune compromised, sensitive, autoimmune, you know, different types of issues, younger brains. It just really is one of those things that I have to just stay centered about because it's, it's a really big deal. Yeah, I'm one of those people that at the airport always asks for the pat down instead of walking through the machines. (laughs) I'm exactly the same. I literally do the same thing. My whole family is like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, yep, (laughs) I allow for 15 extra minutes anytime I travel because I'm not going through that thing. 
Yeah, and they make a big deal about it. They kind of roll their eyes at yeah. you and they make you stand there for a while. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm not yeah. walking through that machine. I'm the exact same. I know we don't do all this for our health to then walk through one of those machines. <laughs> I know. I know. So what else can we be doing to really thrive? Hmm. That's a big question. I think I know people are really big on mindset and positive thinking and positive declaration and affirmation. And I am huge on that. I mean, there's a whole section in my book, but I think that again, with emotional health, you know, we all are human. We've been through heartbreaks. We've broke our own hearts. (laughs) You know, other people have broke our hearts. If you're a parent, your heart's been broken many times. There's just so many things. If you own a business, if you're a mover and a shaker, people betray you, people, you know, speak against you. It's just part of the territory. And I think that as much as we can think positive and and speak positive, which has so much power, you know, deep down in those emotions, we've got to heal. We've got to make sure that we're operating in in self-compassion, compassion for others, releasing toxic emotions, releasing that heaviness of mistakes or the past or fears or failures. Because you can, again, I, I love Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I'm so about the seeing it and and the meditation and and the speaking it out and and the prophecy of things. But deep down, if you haven't healed the traumas from five years old and 10 years old and 16 years old, and you're still harboring resentment and and bitterness, you know, those positive affirmations and organic salads, they're only going to get you so far. Mm, totally. And this is where your book is so amazing because it is so holistic. You literally cover everything. You have not not touched any area. Like you literally have focused on so many things, which is why I love it. It's it's such a holistic book and you touch on the mindset, you touch on the food, the products, you know, the environment, everything and and that's why I loved it. That's why I couldn't put it down. Oh, thank you so much. It's just I can't I couldn't write a book and not cover every area. As, as hard as it was, and I thought, oh, is this going to be too much? You know, should I break this down into different types of books? And But I just thought, no, this needs to just be a holistic encyclopedia that someone could pick up at chapter eight because they're having, you know, this issue and they could just read that and apply that part as need be. Because again, I can't ignore self-love and self-care. I can't ignore forgiveness. I can't ignore meditation. I can't ignore fitness because I so believe in being well-rounded when it comes to health. And I believe I'm so happy people are talking about organic. I'm so happy people are talking about going chemical-free in the home, in the classrooms, in the workplace and EMFs. But I don't feel like we're talking enough about healing emotions. I don't think we're talking enough about processing pain in a healthy way. You know, we, we live in such a quick fix world. You know, we feel a certain feeling and we want to just click on something instead of sit with it. We want to just go, go get food, go turn on the Instagram, you know, go turn And Those aren't bad things. Let me just go turn on my audio book. That's might be an amazing book versus sitting with a feeling and really processing it or talking to a therapist or journaling or something. I, I just feel like so many people are being robbed of their greatness 
not just because of food, not just because of products and propaganda and conditioning, but because they truly have not gone to very deep places with inside of themselves to heal and to feel. And I believe that we are so distracted that it is leading us down a path of apathy and destruction, and we are not operating at our potential because we're distracted. We distract ourselves from pain. We distract ourselves from feelings. We distract ourselves from mistakes and, and from what's, what's really going on inside of us because nobody really wants to do deep work. Nobody. It, it's, I mean, some people do. We do. The people listening probably do, or they probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but I think we need more conversations around what is blocking our breakthrough, what is blocking our blessing, what is blocking us going to the next level. Yeah, I agree. And what do you, how do you move through your emotions? How do you heal from old wounds? Like what do you have a process or what do you do? Yeah, I would say it depends on what it is. But for me, one of my go-tos is to write a letter to myself, that part of me. Let's say something's happening to me as a mother, then I would write a letter to that mother. If something's happening to me as a business owner, I'm going to write a letter to that business owner. And so that's one of my go-to tools is to write a letter to that part of me, to that role of me, because you know, that's, that's not who I am. That's just something I do. Right. And so I focus on one part at a time and write that letter. And I find so much healing comes through that. And I'm able to speak from a place of compassion and hope and and truth. For me, I'm very big on release and surrender and forgiveness. And that might look like allowing myself to cry. That might look like allowing myself to be vulnerable, telling someone I, I feel and I need whether they respond well or not, I owe it to myself to be a healthy communicator and to not hold back if somebody has hurt me or upset me in some way. I like to just face it head on. I think obviously a ton of self-care practices and even practicing like a 24-hour rule. Like if something really big has happened, I need to just let it set before I take action. I need to just really think about what my next step needs to be because I don't want to respond out of ego, out of a wound, especially let's say I'm triggered by something and that sends me into my 16-year-old self. I need to recognize I am a 16-year-old right now and I do not want the 16-year-old me talking to anybody. (laughs) That will be, that will go bad. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, we cultivate this self-awareness to to be able to see what's going on through, I believe, meditation. So absolutely. Do you have some form of meditation practice? For sure. I meditate every day. And so that's a big thing for me. I'm in the 5am club, which I don't know, Robin Sharma, he's one of my favorite people. And he wrote the book, the 5am club. He's written almost every one of my favorite books. And the 5am club is a concept of you tithe your first hour of the day to be electronic free. And that hour is focused on physical fitness, spiritual fitness, and mental fitness. And so that is getting a sweat in, getting a meditation in, getting some journaling in, and then getting some learning in. 
And so that hour is dedicated to that, which I talk about in my book. And so the great thing about practicing that is not only does it increase productivity and bring awareness and give you healing, and there's so many benefits, but when stuff happens in the day, I've already been filled. I'm able to operate from a better place because I've sweat, because I've journaled, because I learned, because I meditated and set intentions. I'm able to handle the fires of life much better. Yeah, exactly. And you have three children, don't you? I do. How old are they? 17, 14, and almost nine. And they're, is it all boys? I have two boys and a girl. Oh, wow. So you've got a lot going on. And you're a businesswoman and you're a mother and you're a wife and you're a friend. You know, you've got a lot on. So, you know, one thing that I love about you in your book is just how dedicated you are to your self-care, to your 5am club, to your meditation, to your walks with your friends. Like I love that so much about you, even though you've got all of these other things going on. But I would love to hear what's one thing that you're working on within yourself at the moment? Hmm. I feel like I'm working on uh, always something, always a lot. I think for me, as someone that can be strong, spirited, and, and have a conviction for justice, I can struggle with being judgmental. I can struggle with not accepting where people are because I want better for them. Mm -hmm. I see people that I love and know addicted to drugs, addicted to pharmaceuticals, eating McDonald's in the hospital again. And I'm going to be honest, I can get to compassion, but my fear of losing them, my fear of them having cancer sometimes overrides that. And I feel judgmental of their decisions. Yeah, that's a biggie. And I'm sure lots of people listening are like nodding their head and can relate to that, especially because you just love and adore them so much. And you feel so good within yourself that you, you're like, I want everyone to feel this healthy and strong and vital. Yeah. Because we're all, we're all worthy of it and we all absolutely deserve it. Yes. And I see them sabotaging themselves. And I see that it's affecting not only them, but maybe the quality of our relationship as well. And hear me, I love and accept them 100%. I just want better for them. But there's times when there's repetitive patterns that I can fall into judging them. Like if they get sick or something, I'm thinking, well, what did you expect? You just ate 17 McDonald's. (laughs) I'm just being honest. (laughs) So, you know, like it's frustrating. Like you just like, if you don't want to feel this way, then stop making those choices. So I would say I'm really working on transmuting my judgment that the minute I feel a judgmental thought towards someone, I recognize it. And then I think the best about them right away. I turn it inside out and just send love and blessings and peace. I ask for forgiveness for judging them, not to them, but within my own self. And, you know, just really release that and see them being their best self and just try to take like a 30 second check to myself of like, no, I'm not going to be in judgment of their decisions or of where they're at. I release that. I forgive myself. I forgive them. And then I just move on. Yeah, I agree. So powerful. Now I am fascinated. I want everybody to hear about your morning routine and how your day looks because I'm like you. I am so diligent with that time for myself in the morning because it just 
fills me up. It makes me feel so good. I can go out into my Mm -hmm. day vibrating high as the best version of Mm -hmm. myself. So Mm -hmm. tell us your morning routine and, and how your day unfolds. And I know no two days are ever the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because of, you know, being a business owner, there's days that that is the singular hat I'm wearing. And so all energy goes to that, or, you know, I'm podcasting and preparing for speaking and all energy goes to that. But the routine is almost the same. So waking up, you know, doing the 5am club. And then obviously, I would say before that, I'd like to preface it with your nighttime routine is really essential to that morning routine. Mm it really plays a role. So that preparation before bed is a big deal for me, really guarding my sleep, guarding my nighttime practices. So I like to do a nighttime meditation before I go to bed as well. And I really feel like that sets me up to sleep well and and to really maximize my sleep. I like to biohack my sleep. And so that's a really big part of the morning. And so getting up at five, for me, doing the 5am club. So I do my gratitude journal, I do my affirmation journal, I do my intentions in a journal, and then I'm going to meditate. And a lot of times, sometimes I'll do like a, a stretching meditation, I might do a little, you know, just like slow flow, just to get the body moving, as I might say some affirmations. Um, for me, I like to do a devotion, and then move into heading to the gym. And when I'm at the gym, then I make sure I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or a TED talk. And so I'm getting my learning in while I'm at the gym. And then I usually wrap that up with the sauna if I'm in there alone, because I do love people. So if people show up in there, I will choose to talk with them and engage with them because we need this in humanity <laughs> um, versus, you know, grab my phone and do a meditation. And then I'm able to come home and wake my kids up. I usually get them up about 6.30. So I have enough time, you know, to get home, kind of start the coffee, water, you know, take my supplements, you know, all that good stuff and wake my children up, you know, positively because I've already worked out, I've already meditated, you know, so I will get them up and then we do the whole routine to get everybody to school because all three of them are in different schools. So that's kind of a lot. And so do that. And then I do this time blocking. So when I get back home, I like to tidy up. It's just my thing. Even if it's 15 minutes, just the fact that things are tidy before I dive into work makes me feel better. I like my environment to be like minimal. I feel like it helps me think better. It helps me create better. And so I like to spend some time. I'll set a timer, whatever I can get done. And then I like to do what Robin Sharma calls the tight bubble of total focus. And that is where I'm going to go dark for maybe 90 minutes. So no email notifications, no phone notifications, and I'm really going to get some work done, be it taxes or scheduling social media or creating content or whatever it is that I can really narrow down and, and focus on some work. Now, some days it may be that I go to my store, I own a holistic brick and mortar, and so I'm going to go serve customers all day long, help them with their health, love on people. And so that would be my focus. But when I'm at home, I'm creating, whether that's marketing, podcasting, writing, serving, however I can do that. And then I try to wrap things up, take a little outside break, you know, nourish the body, nourish the spirit, even for 15 minutes, and try to wrap things up by the time I need to get my kids from school on the days that I'm home. Other days that I'm inside of my store, I'm there very late. So I don't do that. But on the days I work from home and I'm creating, 
then I will do that. And then I have days I, I meet with people. If I'm coaching people, if I'm, you know, mentoring someone that I make margin to take that break and to go meet with them and to get out. Like I said, that once a week, I meet my friends, you know, we do a prayer walk together. We've been doing that for so many years and I won't compromise on that. You know, once a month I take a field trip because I think that's so important to not get stuck in your routines. And then, you know, family is important. So at night, you know, my husband's going to come home from work. The kids are going to come home from school. I would say the other thing I'm working on is not being on my phone as much. It's very hard when you're running a business, you're running a podcast, you've got a book out there. There's always something to be doing on the phone. And so I have to really check myself and and go put the phone away so I can just do dinner and, and not be working and doing dinner. I can just do homework and not be working and doing homework. And so that's, I'm, I'm really working on doing better at not working as much through homework and dinner and sports so I can be more present with my family. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So what's a prayer walk? So for us, we believe in the power of spoken prayer, and we believe that prayer changes things. And so we like to pray for our city. We like to pray for our neighborhoods, just speaking a blessing of safety, speaking a blessing over families, over schools. You know, we live in a very vulnerable world where at any moment, who knows what could happen. And so, you know, we just believe in praying for our families. We pray for each other, you know, if there's something that one of us is going through. So we just spend time, you know, picking different parts of our city to meet up at, or we typically meet in in two specific areas and just really make the most of our time walking together. And really like, what should we pray for today? If there's been a national crisis, that would typically be the focus of our prayer time as well is to really focus on, you know, praying for that specific thing. That's so beautiful. And you do that once a week with your friends? I do. That is so beautiful. I love that. And you mentioned field trips. So each month you do a field trip. So what's an example of a field trip that you have done recently? Yeah. So just anything, because I live in the most beautiful place, I can get to San Francisco, Sacramento, Tahoe, you know, Davis, all these beautiful Napa, Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley is all within an hour from me. And so it will just be any of those places. That's where we may find a hike we've never been on. We may find a waterfall we haven't been to. We may go do the Golden Gate Bridge and then eat at our friend's restaurant. You know, it's just the point of breaking up that routine and especially for I would say a hustler like me, where it's that next deadline, that next thing, I have to stop myself from getting caught up in that and say, I can take a day and go have fun. I can take a day. All that's going to be there. I need to live. I need to be with people. I need to experience this beautiful world. And I need to put all that on pause and just be in a moment, enjoying nature, enjoying laughter, enjoying organic food, enjoying experiences, meeting new people. And so it's just so important to me to do that. Oh, absolutely. At the start of this year, I set myself a little a little task to do something new and different that I've never done before every single day. Mm. And so this this was because I wanted more spontaneity. I wanted more adventure in my life. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, each day I'm going to do one thing that I've never done before. 
And so it could be I walk a different way on my walk Mm -hmm. or I try a different food or I meet up with a friend in a different location and we have a catch up there. It doesn't have to be something really big and extravagant. It literally could be, well, I've never tried this fruit before, so I'm going to try it today. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing. Mm -hmm. Or I've never spoken to this person on FaceTime today. I'm going to call them. It just you know, you're only limited by your imagination here. But I set myself this task at the start of the year and I cannot tell you how much joy Mm. it has brought me because each day I'm like, oh, what am I going to do today that I have never done before that's different? And it's so much fun trying to find these little things that you can do and we can all do them. It might even be I've never worn that skirt with that top and that scarf and it makes me feel really sexy and I'm going to do it today. You know what I mean? Mm, totally. Yeah. It's the little things. It's just being mindful about those little things and uh, spicing it up and being open to change and open to new experiences. And I think that's why nature and why art and why being with people in the physical is so powerful. I think it's more powerful than we give credit for. I think we think everything needs to be Hawaii and Paris, and it really doesn't. Mm. And I love what you mentioned there about in being in the physical. Like, I love, you know, online, and I've created such a beautiful business and platform, but nothing can replace that in, that in-person, that physical connection that you get with nature and with people. And I have to remind myself of that because I work from home. And so, and, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not dropping, you know, kids to school and having that interaction. So I have to make sure that I'm like, oh, have, have I seen another human being today? Like I have to, I have <laughs> yeah. to make sure that I put that in into my calendar because I'll notice like after a few days, I'm like, why do I feel really off? Oh, it's because I have not actually physically had a deep conversation with another human being for a few days. Like I might've gone to Pilates and had a quick little conversation, but you know, not a really in-depth conversation. So for me, I do a lot of walks with my girlfriends like you do. Mm -hmm. And that's how I like to catch up. I'm not the type of person that goes and sits in a coffee shop for three hours. I would much rather walk and talk. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, there's so many things that you can do. So, and I think exercising with your girlfriends is a great place to start. Absolutely. Just human connection, I think, is we have to prioritize. We need to get back to being human. We need to prioritize breaking bread together, going on walks together, just showing up at your girlfriend's house, you know, when you're in the neighborhood. I I just think we've got to to work on rehumanizing ourselves. Totally. It's really funny you talk about just showing up. So a girlfriend and I were chatting the other day that no one does the pop-in anymore. And, you know, as a child, I remember my mom's friends and my aunties, they would just be like, they would just pop in or they wouldn't Mm -hmm. call to say, I'm going to pop in. They would just pop in. Our neighbors would just pop in. And I was like, no one pops in anymore. And so I've got Mm. two friends that live relatively close to me. One's about 10 minutes, one's about 20 minutes. And I said, if you're ever in the area, you have full permission to pop in. And they were like, are you sure? are you sure? Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to intrude. And I was like, I have just given you full permission. And they were like, 
oh, wow. And they were like, yeah, you too. If you're ever, you know, near my house, just pop in. But it's so interesting that we have really disconnected from that. And I just love it so much. Like, cause it brings me so much joy. Like, so when this friend does go, you know, she'll message me and she's like, I'm in your area, I'm popping in. And I'm just like, wow, it just brings me so much happiness and joy. Mm, and I feel like I we've disconnected from that you know, because we have social media and we don't want to feel, we've told ourselves these stories that we're burdens and we don't want, everyone's busy and we don't want to interrupt. But when someone just pops in and says, hey, you know, how are you? I picked picked this flower for you or Mm. something like that. It's so beautiful and powerful. It really, really is. I will say I'm still like basking in this moment in the last week, I had some stuff happen. And one of my girlfriends, you know, went and got me my favorite green juice. And she just showed up with the juice and said, okay, I'm here. And I said, I just was like, you're just here. Like you got my green juice and you just came, you just came. And it just like meant so much to me that she would, you know, drop everything know I was going through something and go get the juice and come over and say, I'm just here. And it didn't matter what deadlines I had. It didn't matter if I had a podcast or dishes or homework or whatever. It didn't matter. And I was able to just, you know, enjoy that even if it was 20 minutes. And I agree. I think that we do tell stories and I do think, I do think sometimes we are too busy, but we need to bring that back. We need to have those face-to-face connections because they do mean so much. Like, of course, a text is nice. I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you love. But when someone is at your door, it's different. Mm, Totally. It's different. When they're in your presence, it's different. When they make you a priority, it's different. Mm. And it just speaks so much. And I think that we need to, I don't know how we can get people to do this more. Even I have a friend that lives in the neighborhood and, you know, she, again, I was upstairs and I heard her voice say hello from downstairs because she's walking the neighborhood. And, you know, I just dropped everything and went down and we chatted for 10 minutes and that was it. But I just was like, I love that she just walked into my house (laughs) (laughs) and yelled hello from downstairs and it just made my day. Yeah, absolutely. That connection, that community, it's so important. It really is. We can't do things alone and we're not meant to. And especially in this over-sterilized, superficial, over-connected on technology world, you know, we need to make sure we're knowing how to make eye contact. We're knowing how to give healthy touch to people. That's like another thing. We need hugs. Like we need to hug someone. <laughs> mm. You know, we need to be able to engage with people on a physical level that brings health because if the studies are out community people in community are healthier yes. i mean there's something to it people that are laughing with friends and, and that have reliable people in their life they're healthier that plays a role into your health being isolated being alone being just only on devices that is not what we're wired for no. And if you read the blue zones, which is oh, the zone, yes. yeah, they, they talk about one of the main factors for longevity is community and connection. And I think it's, you need 12 hugs a day to really get that serotonin swimming mm-hmm. through your body. So make sure you go and get your 12 hugs every single day and really cultivate as much community and connection as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So I would love to hear now, let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides Mm -hmm. your book, let's pretend Mm -hmm. that's already there. What Mm -hmm. is one book you would choose? Okay, so I'm really torn. I will get to it, but this can absolutely offend some people and I'm okay with that. But I would say the Bible, because there is principles about integrity and values and community and health. So that is going to be probably what I would say. And the other would be, I'm really torn between The Leader Who Had No Title by Robin Sharma and 5am Club by Robin Sharma. But I'm probably going to go with 5am Club because I tell everyone, like, if you've never read a book, if you're not going to read a book, I don't care. Get it on audio. I really believe if people were operating with the 5am Club principles, because he does talk, that includes body health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, and the principles in that book, I believe our entire universe would be transformed if everybody was following the 5 a.m. club practices. Yes, love that. And we'll link to all of those in the show notes as well. Okay, I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, what's one thing that we can do today for our health? One thing you could do today is be on screens less. Yeah, love it. Okay, what's one thing we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. I would say serve more and give more. When you operate with generosity, then you make a gateway for your blessing. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. And what's one thing we can do for more love in our life? I'd say the same as we sow what we reap, we sow. So I think sowing unconditional love and acceptance and compassion towards ourselves first, because we will radiate that and people will feel that. And so it gives them permission as well. So I think focusing more on what unifies us versus what divides us. Yes, I love that. This has been so juicy and amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to talk about? Hmm. I would just love to close with telling your listeners that they are seen, they are known, they are loved, that anything is possible all things are redeemable and that there is brilliance and greatness just crying out to come out inside of them. And they, whatever is hindering that brilliance and that greatness, they need to start seeing as an enemy to remove it so that they can bring their greatness and their brilliance into this world because we are cheering you on. We are believing in you. We see the light in you. We see the greatness in you. And we want you to join an army of love and health and transformation. Oh, that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. And I just want to personally thank you for being here. And for sharing all of your wisdom and your book and everything you do. It's just so amazing. I'm so grateful that you're out there blazing the trail for us. And I'm a massive believer in service. So I'd love to know how I personally and the listeners can serve you today. How can we give back to you? 
Mm, I would say as in this world we live in, of course, you know, ordering a book, reviewing a book, following on social media, you know, keeping, let my name or my presence pop into your spirit with the right divine opportunities. I don't think anybody should ever do anything out of obligation. But if I come into your dream or your vision or your prayers, then I would ask that you just respond to that. Absolutely. We can do that. And we'll link to your book and all of your amazingness in the show notes. But Chrissy, thank you so much for sharing, for doing the work that you do, for being so open and loving and for shining a light for all of us. Thank you so much. Mm, Thank you. I so have loved this time. And thank you again for having me, for believing in me, reading the book, sharing this with your listeners and the work that you are putting out into the world and and the lives that you are transforming and the ways that you are loving and giving back and showing up for yourself and for those in your circle, those in your community, those to, to everywhere online. It is beautiful. It is brilliant. And I just honor the gifts that you have and admire and appreciate what you're doing and the path that you're on and those that you are helping transform. So from my heart, thank you so very much. And I'm so honored and delighted that I got to share with you today. Mm, I feel it. I feel it. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful, my love. Now you take care. You as well. Oh, I loved today's conversation so much. I got so much out of it. So many beautiful reminders. And isn't Chrissy just a gorgeous human being? I just loved her heart and her soul and could really feel her love right through the computer screen. I sure could. And I hope you guys could hear it and feel it too. So if you got a lot out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty cool. And don't forget to come on over to Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading them all. So please come and share them with me. And for everything that Chrissy and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 229. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so, 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 so much for being here and for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you, for yourself. You seriously rock, and I love you. You are my kinder people. I love you. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot. You can share it on your social media, which I love seeing, by the way. I personally screenshot all of them myself and save them because I love seeing when you guys share them. It makes my day. So thank you to everyone who's done that. And then once you've taken a screenshot, you can email it to them. You can text it to them. Just do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. Maya Angelou says, when you learn, teach. So when you learn something, the best way for you to implement it is by teaching someone else and sharing with someone else. 
So do that today. Don't keep all of this knowledge and wisdom within you. Share it. That's why we're here, to be of service to others, to help each other, to raise each other up. That is why we are here on earth. So share this episode with someone that you love that you think would really benefit from hearing it. And until next time, my darlings, I love you so much. Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.